Now, I need the two volunteers that Kenny <laughs> mentioned a minute ago. All right, there's a sack right there on the front pew full of rocks. Uh -oh. Ernest, T. Ernest T. Bass. All them pretty windows. <laughs> I want everybody to have a rock. So this is y'all's job to give out rocks. <laughs> and no throwing them. Don't throw the rocks. So, But anyway, yeah, it's kind of an inside joke with our folks when they put this on. I sat down. I could see our folks in the choir snickering over there about me wearing this thing because, you know, I'm still kind of stuck in the mid-20th century or further back than that. But anyway, I'm just kidding. I, Kenny has to wear it, so I'll wear it too. So, But anyway, I hope you brought your Bible tonight. I want to invite you to turn with me in the New Testament. Y'all done throwing rocks? <laughs> to John chapter 8. <clears throat> John chapter 8. <clears throat> This is a story that may be very familiar to you. It's not one of Jesus' parables, but it's an incident that took place in the life of Jesus. It's one of my favorite stories. Um, John is the only one of the four gospel writers that mentions this incident that took place in Jesus' life when he walked on the earth. Jesus went into the Mount of Olives, and early in the morning he came again into the temple. And all the people came unto him, and he sat down and taught them. And the scribes and Pharisees brought unto him a woman taken in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, they said unto him, Master, this woman was taken in adultery in the very act. Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. Well, what sayest thou? This they said, tempting him that they might have to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and with his finger wrote on the ground as though he heard them not. So when they continued asking him, he lifted up himself and said unto them, He that is without sin among you, let him cast a stone at her. And again he stooped down and wrote on the ground. And they which heard it, being convicted by their own conscience, went out one by one, beginning at the eldest, even unto the last. And Jesus was left alone, and the woman standing in the midst... When Jesus had lifted up himself and saw none but the woman, he said unto her, Woman, where are those thine accusers? Hath no man condemned thee? She said, No man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we just thank you now, Lord, for this time this evening. We thank you, Lord, that our two churches could come together and worship and we just thank you, Father, Lord, for the knowledge of knowing that you are here with us tonight. Father, we just thank you, God, for the reading of your word this evening, for the availability of it, Lord, to have it in our possession. For, Lord, there's so many in the world that would give anything to have a copy of the Bible, but they can't have one. And so many of us have numerous ones in our own homes. Father, I thank you tonight for this opportunity to stand before your people and bring your message tonight. And Lord, I'm not fit to stand here. I'm not worthy to do this, but I thank you for the privilege. And I pray, Lord, that you would forgive me of my many, many, many sins. Lord, I thank you for this story. I thank you for the message and the time of, of fellowship with you, the time of study and preparation. But Lord, I just ask tonight that you would anoint me afresh and anew with the power of the Holy Spirit from on high. Lord, just hide me behind the cross that what shines forth is Jesus and what Jesus would say to us this evening. Lord, as we look at this story, 
Let us see ourselves in this situation. Lord, sometimes it's easy to have an opinion. Sometimes it's easy to criticize. But Lord, Father, help us to realize the Lord sees all of us the same. The Lord sees all of us as people who need to be loved, who need to know the Lord. And Father, Lord, again tonight, I just pray, if there's someone here within the sound of my voice that's never trusted Jesus Christ as Savior, I pray that, Lord, tonight they'll come to the saving knowledge of Jesus and trust him. Perhaps, Lord, there's someone who has strayed away and backslidden or someone struggling with something, Lord. Whatever it may be tonight, I just pray, God, that tonight we'll be open and honest enough to allow your Holy Spirit to speak to our hearts and convict us and draw us to you, Father. Lord, I just thank you again for this opportunity tonight. And all this we pray in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. I'm getting in trouble already. Did I mess that up, brother? No, it's working. Let's see if we can put a modern twist on this story tonight. Now, here's Jesus. He's in the temple teaching. And then this disruption takes place of these Pharisees, these religious rulers of the day, coming in to disrupt the service. The pastor one night late was in his study and he heard a knock at the door. He thought it was unusual somebody would be coming by his study late at night. But he opened the door, and there stood Ima T. Rubble and I. C. Ital, two of the senior leading citizens of the church. And there stood teenagers, Bobby and Susie, with them. And the pastor said, well, what's this all about? To which Ima said, we caught these two parked in the cemetery and we want you to give them a good talking to and call their parents to come and get them right now. The pastor thought, hmm, y'all come on in and have a seat. He said, Ima, I see y'all sit over there. Bobby and Susie, y'all sit over here. So they sat down and he says, well, you know, it seems to me that we have quite a predicament here. Because I have been somehow appointed judge. Y'all are the accusers and y'all are the ones seemingly in trouble. So let's get to the bottom of this thing. Bobby and Susie, where have y'all been tonight? Well, we went to the play at the high school. And after the play was over with, it's a pretty night, full moon. We just decided we'd just go park in the cemetery. So he looks at I see and Iman says, <clears throat> so what are y'all doing tonight? Well, we went to the high school play too. Oh, I see. So when the play ended, everybody left, right? Yeah, we all left at the same time. So Bobby and Susie, y'all left and went straight to the cemetery. Now, what was y'all doing there when they were there at the same time? Never mind, that's none of my business. Let's get down to business here. So, y'all have been to the play, and then y'all went and parked. Yes, sir. Bobby, is that your car? Yes, sir, it's my car. You have a job? Yes, sir, I work at the grocery store every afternoon and all day on Saturday. I saved my money, and I bought this car. I, I, I pay for everything about this car myself. Well, good. I'm proud of you. Susie, does your parents know you're with Bobby? <clears throat> Excuse me. Yes, sir. Have y'all got a curfew? Yes, sir. 
Have you missed that curfew? No, sir. It's not near time for us to be home yet. Okay, I see. All right. Well, thank you. Bless you, brother. And the preacher's thinking about this situation. He turns in his chair and looks out the window and says, that is a pretty moon tonight, isn't it? He says, be ashamed to waste it. So he thinks for a minute. And he looks over at these two and he says, well, now, y'all seem to take this very, very seriously, don't you? Yes, sir, preacher, there ain't no sense in this. They shouldn't have been in the cemetery and you need to do something about it and you need to do it right now. And the preacher says, well, let me see now. Just how will we deal with this? Oh, I'm a, I forgot. I got a note here for you. It seems that when you were at Harrah's last week, you gave the church phone number instead of yours on your information card. And the financial manager of Harris needs you to get in touch with him real quick. Here's his phone number. Oh, preacher. Uh, okay, I will. Now, let's see. How are we going to deal with this? And the preacher pushes back from his desk and he looks through some mail and he goes, Oh, wait a minute. I see this magazine. The mailman accidentally left it in the church the other day. It's a... Well, it's a man's magazine, and it's yours. I'll give it to you here now. Oh, thank you, preacher. Well, now, let's get down to brass tacks of what we need to do here. And all of a sudden, Ima and I see says, well, now, preacher, maybe we just need to go and let you talk to these young folks and handle this, and we'll just get out of the way. And they leave. The preacher looks at Bobby and Susie and says, youngins, be more careful where you go and what you do and who sees you because somebody's always watching you. Y'all get out of here and go home. As far as I'm concerned, this won't never be mentioned outside of my office again. You see what took place in this story? Everybody got a rock? All right, get your rock. And look at that rock. Now, through the rest of the message tonight, I want you to hold this rock in your hand. Feel it. Look at it. Think about that rock. And we'll get back to it in a minute. Jesus comes to the temple. Now, the temple was a big area. There was porches that went into the temple. There was a courtyard outside. And it says that Jesus came to the temple and sat down to teach the people. Now, in those days, the teacher or the preacher sat down and all the people stood up. Don't y'all wish it was still that way? No. I don't either because I can't sit down and preach. I can't be still that long. But Jesus is sitting down and he's teaching. And the people just love to hear him. They just flock to hear what Jesus has to say. And as Jesus is teaching and the people are listening, all of a sudden, back behind them, there seems to be some kind of a commotion. There, there's some kind of problem going on. And, and, and they can hear a shuffling and voices. And Jesus sees what's going on. Jesus knows what's going on. When Jesus got up that morning, he knew this was going to take place because he's Jesus. And all of a sudden, the crowd parts. And here come the Pharisees. Now, the Pharisees were religious troublemakers. That's all they were. They were trying their best to, to get rid of Jesus, to catch Jesus in something. They didn't like him because the Pharisees wanted to keep everybody under their boot heel. 
with laws and amendments to laws. And here was this Jesus coming and talking about love and forgiveness and God wanting to have a relationship with you. And they didn't like that. They had the people under such a burden, they were ready to give up and quit. And all of a sudden, the crowd begins to part. And here comes these religious leaders dragging this woman I mean, she's resisting and she's trying to get loose and she's fussing and they fussing at her and they just drag her through the crowd and bring her right to Jesus' feet and just throw her down at Jesus' feet. And all the people are watching in amazement and and surprise and Jesus is sitting here, but Jesus being Jesus, I'm sure when they threw this poor woman down, he stood up. And they said, Master, now, They weren't respecting Jesus as master whatsoever. This was ironic. This was kissing up. Trying to get on the good side of Jesus before they dropped the hammer on him. Master, we caught this woman in the very act of adultery. We caught her there in the very act. Now Moses in writing the laws, said that a person caught in this situation should be stoned. Now, what do you say? Now, to start with, what were they doing there? Now, let that roll around in your head a minute. If this woman was caught in the very act of adultery, what were they doing there? Why were they there? I'm sure they didn't go there to tell people about the Lord. I'm sure they didn't just accidentally happen upon this situation. They were there for a reason. It wasn't just to catch this woman. So see, they're just as guilty as she is. And the law said that the man and the woman should be stoned, not just the woman. So see, they've, they've taken care of this, they think, in such a way that they're going to trap Jesus. Because they have posed this question to Jesus. Moses in the commandment said that she should be stoned. What do you say? What do you say? Now, if Jesus had said, oh yeah, stone her, get rid of her right now, that would have erased everything he had done since his earthly ministry began. All the people would have said, well now that ain't what he's been teaching. That's not the love he's told us about. If Jesus had said, no, 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 just let her go and forget about it, then the religious leaders would have had him right where they wanted and said, oh, you're blaspheming God's word. You're going against the Ten Commandments. Jesus is too smart for this. And this, this absolutely has to be the coolest thing any man ever did on earth. All these Pharisees are just hammering down on Jesus. They keep asking him over and over and over. What do you say we do? How are we going to deal with this woman? What do you say we do? And what does Jesus do? Ha! He stoops down and starts doodling in the dirt. Just starts writing on the ground. And they're asking him all these questions. What's Jesus doing? Ignoring them. Just ignoring them. I bet they got so mad they were steam coming out of their ears. But Jesus is sitting here just doodling in the dirt and they just demanding an answer and all the people standing around waiting to hear. Jesus is just doodling in the dirt. And then he stands up. 
And I can just imagine Jesus standing up with a rock and going, okay, boys. Whichever one of y'all is never sinned, you throw the first stone. Whichever one of y'all is perfect, you throw the first stone. And he got right back down the ground went to doodling again. And then the scripture says, beginning with the oldest to the youngest, they turned around and walked away. Why? Because they'd been convicted. Because Jesus had put them in their place. Some people like to say that when Jesus was dueling in the dirt, he was writing the names of those men who were standing there. Beginning with the oldest. And some say, while he was doing that, he would write their name and write some sin that they were guilty of beside of it. He might have put Zechariah, adulterer. Amos, thief. Joshua, liar. Because you see, every time you point one finger, there's three more pointing back at you. So they began to walk away and leave. And when they were gone, it was Jesus and this woman. And Jesus says to her, woman, where are your accusers? Is there no one here to convict you? And she says, no, Lord, none. And he says, go and sin no more. Neither do I. Neither do I. Now you have to understand, he said, go and sin no more. He didn't just say, okay, go on. He told her, don't sin anymore. But this was probably the first time any man had ever shown this woman any kind of compassion. Any kind of love, any kind of concern whatsoever. But her life changed at that moment because somebody had compassion for her instead of criticism. Somebody cared for her instead of killing her. So tonight, look at that rock that you've got. And I want to ask you a question. Who have you been throwing rocks at tonight? What do you mean, preacher? Who have you been throwing rocks at by being critical of somebody? Who have you been throwing rocks at by being judgmental of somebody? Who have you been throwing rocks at because they're different than you are? As you look at that rock, who comes to your mind? Well, I ain't been critical of nobody. Well, let me give you some examples of where you might have been critical. How about that young person that seems to be going down the wrong road? Have you prayed for that person and gone alongside of that person and come along and been a friend and say, how about let's go do this together? How about let's try this together? How are you doing? Or you've been telling everybody what a sorry young'un that is. Running that mouth, you know, that tongue out in the wind like that, just running that mouth talking about somebody. You know, the strongest muscle in the body is the tongue. And there's been more people killed with a tongue than there ever has been a gun. Spiritually, mentally killed because somebody running that mouth. You ever been throwing rocks at some young lady just because she doesn't dress quite like you think she ought to dress? Well, you know she, well, you know what? Jesus died for her just like he did you. Uh, oh, preacher, gracious me. 
How many times have you talked to somebody about a young person who was listening to music that you didn't like, it was way too loud, or wearing clothes that you didn't like because maybe there wasn't enough of it there? Or how many people have you talked about because they've got tattoos and you can't stand them and you don't understand why they got to have those things? You know what? It don't matter whether you like it or not. It's their body. Now, I'll go on record to say I don't like them. I don't like tattoos. But there ain't none on me. So and if you want one, that's between you and God. But now you can't criticize somebody for it. You've got to care about them and be compassionate about them and love them. What about that person that's struggling with an addiction? It's real easy to sit in church and think everybody's great, everybody's fine, everybody's doing just great. And then when you get in your car and you start down the road and you see somebody that you know they're on drugs or they're on alcohol, they're having a problem. You see them walking down the street and pretend they ain't there. Just drive on by. Don't, don't look, don't look, don't look. There was two friends riding the subway in one of the big cities up north one day. Subway was full. This lady got on the subway and the friend sitting in the outside seat shut his eyes. His buddy sitting there said, what you got your eyes closed for? He said, shh. He said, what's the matter with you? Why you got your eyes closed? He said, shh. No, why you got your eyes closed? He said, is that lady standing up? He said, yeah. He said, if I open my eyes, I got to get up and give her my seat. If I don't see her, I don't have to. How often do we close our eyes to people? Because we don't want to help them. We don't want to be there. What about that family that's got a child that's got in trouble? If you come alongside of them and pray with them, encourage them, and you can't wait to get on that phone and call everybody you know or send out a mass text all over the county. Did you hear what happened to so-and-so? Bam, now I done sent that thing to 500 people. You ever thought maybe 500 people think, what is this idiot doing? Being critical. How many rocks have you thrown at somebody that did you wrong in a business deal instead of you going to that person and saying, you know, I think we got a problem. We need to work this out. You just tell everybody you know what a sorry rascal he is. How many rocks have you thrown at your spouse? Now, Marty always tells you, you don't quit preaching and going to meddling now. How many rocks have you thrown at your spouse? Said things that you should not have said. Said things that you wouldn't say to nobody else, but you said it to the person that puts up with all your foolishness. Throwing rocks. Throwing rocks. How many rocks have you thrown today? How many of you had fried preacher after church this morning? Old buzzard preaching about that stuff. Go home, sit around the table, and all you can talk about is the preacher. The choir didn't do this. My Sunday school teacher was born, and the youngest sitting there listening, thinking, well, when I grow up, I ain't going to church no more. Hmm? 
We talk about how many young people was raised in church but not in church today. Maybe they're not in church today because mom and daddy, you didn't really go to the church for the right reason. You just went. And when you come home, you didn't talk about church and lift up the church and lift up people in the church in prayer. All you done was tore the church down and talked about the church. So when the youngest get old enough, they say, well, I ain't going back there no more. There ain't nothing to it. Throwing rocks. Throwing rocks. How often do we throw rocks at our youngins? And our youngins, our own kids. Well, I don't like the way you do that, so blah, 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 blah. Trouble, 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 trouble. Well, I don't understand why you can't do such and such and such. As. Why don't you ask them to explain to you why they do such and such and such and such? Hmm? Every generation is different. Every generation comes up with stuff. As long as this country has been a nation... There's always been people that said, I don't understand this young generation. And they're going to always say that because we're always going to be different. But how often do you sit down and read the Bible with your children? How often do you have prayer with your children? How often do you teach your children that everybody is important to the Lord? Throwing rocks, throwing rocks. When there's a problem at work, Instead of working on the problem, do you join in with the crowd that wants to gossip about it all the time? What about that fellow that comes to work, he's a little bit late, he's tired, and he looks like he just doesn't feel good. You go alongside of him and say, brother, you just don't seem to be yourself today. Can I do anything for you? Or do we run and say to somebody else, I bet he stayed out all night. I bet him and his wife all night. I bet he's been drunk again instead of going alongside and caring for them. Because you know what? The only difference between those and us is the grace of Almighty God. You know, folks, we are saved to serve. We're not saved to be served. We're not. We're not saved to be served. Who gives us the greatest example of servanthood in history? Jesus Christ, God's Son, a servant. See, Jesus crossed over every social barrier that was in that day. He talked to women in public. (gasps) What? A man talked to a woman in public? Never. Why? That was some more of them crazy Pharisees rules. Jesus sat with a woman at the well that everybody talked about so bad, the only time she could come to the well was at noon when nobody else was there. Because she came any other time, them... (laughs) <laughs> be nice Alvin them ladies of the community would just talk about her and shun her and, and give her all kinds of trouble but Jesus took time to sit down and talk to her because she needed to know somebody cared somebody cared Jesus crossed over social barriers by talking to tax collectors he went to be with lepers When he called Zacchaeus down out of the tree and went to Zacchaeus' house, the religious people, the Bible says, murmured, he's going to the house of a sinner. Who's a sinner? I'm a sinner, you a sinner, all God's children a sinner. Who you been throwing rocks at tonight? Who's on your mind tonight that you've criticized, threw a rock at, said something that hurt them very deeply? A lot of young people's reputation has been ruined by somebody else's mouth. 
and they really didn't know the circumstances. We let the Lord convict you about that rock tonight. Who tonight have you thrown a rock at that you need to ask forgiveness for? Who tonight have you thrown a rock at and you need to look at your own self? Your own self. Sometimes I think it'd be good if we started today looking in the mirror, looking at ourselves. Deep. And see ourselves as Jesus sees us. So here's what I want you to do with this rock tonight. I want you to ask the Lord to show you who you've hurt in life and who you've been throwing rocks at because you think you're a Pharisee and you're better than they are. Who in your community needs to know that somebody cares? Who in your community needs to know that they can come to church and they're welcome? Who in your community, the bottom has fell out of their world? Maybe they don't ever get out anymore, but you know they're in that house. Who's the Lord talking to you tonight through this rock about? We're going to sing an invitation hymn. The invitation is this. Will you ask the Lord to give you strength to stop throwing rocks? Maybe you need to bring that rock to the altar and pray about it and leave it here. And let the Lord speak to you about what you need to do. This rock tonight is your ticket to be more like Jesus. To be more like Jesus. Christians were first called Christians at Antioch. Why? Not because they put a sign out front and said first Christian church of Antioch. They were called Antioch. uh, They were called Christians by others who saw in their lives that they were like Christ. That they were like Christ. How many people can look at you and say, I know he's a Christian. I know she's a Christian. By the way you look, by the way you talk, by the way you act. How many of us are real easy to criticize somebody else and then go laugh or laugh at or tell a dirty joke around the coffee table at work tomorrow? Or criticize a young person for the kind of music they listen to and then when nobody else is watching, we're on the computer where we ought not to be. So here's the invitation tonight. You let the Lord speak to you about who you've hurt and who you need to go to and make a difference. Maybe you need to recommit your life because you, got, you just got old and ornery and critical. You just find something wrong with everybody, something wrong with everything that goes on. You just find something wrong all the time. One of my former churches I pastored, there was a man in that church. He found something wrong with everything. I mean everything. It didn't make no difference. There was something wrong with it. He didn't like it. Finally, one Sunday, the youth had the service, and they just did a great job. And, I mean, it was just wonderful, and it was great. And we was having fellowship time, and he come up to me, and he said, There ain't no sense in all this. I said, Do you think that you are God-appointed to complain about everything? Yes, I do. I said, Well, I wish you'd find another church and get out of the way. But the ordinary thing didn't. But he didn't complain no more. Maybe you know somebody that's critical and you need to go to them and say, you need to learn to stop this. You need to learn to quit. 
picking on people. Talking about people because of something past in their life. Listen, folks, the past is just that, the past. It's gone. Don't talk about a person's past. Don't dwell on your past. It's gone. It's not there anymore. But the future is ahead. And we can have a future of being more like Jesus and being what Jesus created us to be by taking all these criticisms and ugly talk and bad things we say about people and coming to the Lord and saying, Lord, I surrender all. I give this to you. I don't want to be this way anymore. You know, most people that are miserable make themselves miserable. They make themselves miserable because they're not happy with themselves, so they don't want you to be happy either. Tonight, will you bring that rock to the altar? Will you ask the Lord to convict you of what you need to do and quit throwing rocks at people? Let's pray. Father, Lord, I just thank you for this story tonight. I thank you for what it says to us. I thank you for Jesus' courage and his willing to stand up to those religious leaders. But Father, tonight, Lord, I pray, God, that we have seen ourselves as you see us and that we will be honest and open before you. Sometimes, Lord, we're a little afraid to go to the altar. Sometimes we're a little afraid to admit our own mistakes. But we can't be what you want us to be unless we just come clean to you and give everything to you. Lord, the word revival means to revive, to revive the church. It's easy to talk about the church today and people don't want to come to church, and the church this and the church that. And maybe, Lord, we just need to take a better look at ourselves. Father, I just pray, Lord, now that this invitation will be pleasing to you and we'll take advantage of it. And all this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.